knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Best Fishing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, no, I'm not stoned. Uh, I went to the eye doctor today and my eye do- eyes are still dilated. So um, bear with me if I have to mess with the controls on uh, StreamYard at all because I can't see what I'm doing. I'm kind of flying blind here. But uh, anyway, guys, thanks again for t- tuning in and uh, uh, hanging out with us tonight. Uh, tonight's special guest, um, uh, I was introduced to by uh, Brad Hicks, uh, and uh, he he said that he thought he would be a great guest to have on. So I'm excited to welcome Mr. Matt Good to the show. Welcome to the new show, Matt. What's up? Not much, man. Um, I, yeah. So uh, how long have you known Brad? Uh, I I know a friend that knows him, and I've seen him on social media. We talk back and forth about, you know, various different kayak accessories and things like that. Probably two or three years, roughly. Okay. You know, Brad, Brad definitely, uh, his social media game is strong. I got to give him props. Mine is so weak compared to his and, uh, definitely, uh, somebody I, I could definitely learn a lot from. So those fish releases he's, he does is outstanding, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love his slow-mo, uh, slow-mo, uh, releases. Yeah. Those are pretty cool. So, um, thanks for coming on the show tonight, man. Um, uh, welcome. And, uh, I guess for the folks who don't know you, uh, including myself, uh, why don't you let them know who you are and where you're from? Yeah, uh, my name is Matt Good. I'm from Dayton, Ohio, born and raised. I've been fishing since I was six years old, man. My dad used to take me fishing all the time back in the day. Granted, it was for catfish, but uh, eventually, like, I just got into smallmouth fishing and it kind of just took off from there. yeah, I, I mean, it's just a huge passion of mine. It's just really super awesome to get out there, be alone or with a buddy or something like that, and just enjoy the great outdoors. And heck, if you catch an 18 and a half inch smallmouth, it makes it all worth it. Absolutely, man. I, I totally agree with that. So um, what type of fishing did you do most of? Do you, are you a kayak fisher or, or a fisherman? Or? 
Yeah, I, I've been kayak fishing for probably four or five years now. Uh, generally, I was bank fishing the rivers, little gravel pits, little farm ponds and things like that. And I did a lot of wading because I grew up around the Great Miami River and around the Dayton area. There's like five different rivers all within a close proximity. So, I mean, it's just endless amounts of fishing that you could do around here. It's, it's amazing. That's cool. You know, when, you know, uh, until I started listening to Paddle and Finn, you know, I listened before I became a host and I really didn't realize, you know, that Ohio um, had that much good fishing. It's not something you generally hear of, you know, um, uh, when you think of when you think of like, you know, Florida and Texas and, um, you know, those kind of places. But, you know, after listening to Brad talk uh, and, and the other guys from Paddle and Finn that are from Ohio and around that area, I'm like, it, it really does sound like a pretty cool place to to fish and yeah it's it's really awesome usually people think of ohio smallmouth fishing it's just like strictly lake erie like, right right man, there's some huge smallies in these rivers around here man that's cool man so um would you say that's where you target mostly or are you uh do you have lakes and stuff where you target uh largemouth or um how's your breakdown is it mostly smallie fishing for you Mostly smallie fishing, unless the rivers are blown out, which that happens a lot around here. <laughs> I do. I have heard Brad say that a lot. So, I mean, these water, these water levels rise like so fast. And <clears throat> I just always pay attention to the gauges and stuff because you got to be safe out there. But yeah, generally just banging the banks over, over on the rivers and stuff and just got into kayak fishing. After watching this, a couple videos on YouTube, man, there's these boys down in Texas, man, slaying big old small mouth or sorry, big old large mouth on big old swim baits and stuff. It just got me pumped. They were recording their stuff. I'm like, I want to do that, man. That sounds like a whole bunch of fun. And uh, what kind of kayak are you fishing out of now, or what'd you start in, and have you progressed at all? Or oh god, I, buy nice or buy thrice in in my <laughs> experience, man. I started off with a twelve foot eagle talon. It was horrible, man. It, the seat was there was no elevation in the seat, and the scupper plugs were right under your butt, so you're guaranteed getting your butt wet every time. Not stable at all. Uh, within uh, Four months I upgraded to a Vibe Seaghost 110. I've had that for three and a half, four years, and I beat the crap out of that on these rivers, man. Just smashing boulders. It's done, it's done me pretty good, man. And uh that's my river kayak. And then last year I bought a, a bona fide SS 127 specifically for lakes because I want to get into more lake fishing. Uh, it's just something that's really interesting, but primarily rivers all the way, man. Okay. And so you're pretty much paddle or do you use a motor at all? I got a paddle on my, uh, for my river kayak for the Vibe Seagos. And I've recently, I recently got a, uh, Minn Kota iPilot trolling motor for the nice. Bonafide. I've only taken it out once, but man, I'm in love with it already. It's got the spot lock on it. I just sit there. Don't have to fight the wind or anything like that. It's amazing. Oh man. I'm, I'm jealous. I've, I've read so much about spot lock and it sounds pretty much you know perfect like i can't imagine just being on the effortlessly stay in one place you know it's 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 really fun until you're going through a spot that has a lot of logs and one just you just run into it it's <laughs> forward, scares the crap out of you 
then you're making sure it's okay and you didn't bust it all up or anything. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh no, I just got this. It can't be broken already. <laughs> What's the warranty on these things? Never mind. I ruined that because I got a 54 inch shaft on it. I couldn't get the 36 or the 48, and I just had to cut it anyway, man. So it's already ruined. Oh well. Oh, I, I know that feeling, man. I I have a Hobie Outback, and uh, I probably have had it for two years now. And um, I remember I, I I bought it. I went to pick it up, brought it home in the back of the truck. I asked my wife to help me unload it and uh, she wasn't prepared for the, how heavy it was because she thought it would be lighter and she dropped it right on the rudder. Ooh. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what did you do? You no. know, this is brand new. Now, luckily it, nothing bad happened and you know, uh, everything was fine, but I was like, Oh my gosh, it's brand new. <laughs> so, well, cool, man. Um, and um, I know that uh, you have a bunch of different things going on. I watched uh, a bunch of your videos after Brad sent them over, or you actually sent me some too. And um, so I got lots of uh, cool topics I think that we can talk about tonight. Um, you know, uh, how did you get started doing your social media? Just more to, you know, put yourself out there or just kind of having fun or. It, mostly it's for fun. Cause like I'm a creative individual. I'm into music editing and audio production, graphic arts and stuff like that. I'm like, how hard would it be to learn how to use a GoPro and edit it and hopefully make some cool videos to kind of share the information that I've got over fishing the rivers for the last, I don't know, since I don't even know how long it's no, I'm not going to do the math. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, it's just a passion project of mine. It sounds, it seems like a fun thing to do to share your experiences. And one of the things I like the most about it, I know this might sound weird, but I like watching my own videos because I can learn from them. You know, like football players watch their own videos, see what they did right and what they did wrong. But you could go back to an episode and I, I could be like, there was this rock over here with this overhanging branch right here. And a little point that comes off with the grass. I'm like, I know where that is right there. And I could go back there and I could I could catch another fish. Hopefully I, there was this one time I'm like, this was right around the area i caught the the big smallie last time boom i hooked one right there wow. like, it wasn't a big one or anything but it was still pretty cool to go back there and kind of revisit those areas and hopefully do do pretty well yeah i know that's one thing that i am totally guilty of expecting the same spot to produce the same way every time you visit because there's places where i fish and i'm like I got to go over and cast there at least once. Cause that's where I caught that one big one that one time. Yeah. You know? and so, you know, it's sometimes you're right. It sometimes it does work out and not all the time, but uh, you know, it's definitely worth uh, at least trying. So there's one spot I'm going back to. I missed a four yeah. pounder. It was at the end of a trip. I caught a lot of fish, but they were all dinks. I was throwing this rat wake bait for the first time. And then as soon as it, it hit the water, I cranked it once big old big old large mouth and the rivers came up and slammed it reeled it down he got within probably 10 feet boom hook came off man uh, jumped, out, jumped out of the water i was like no heartbreaker yeah, yeah heartbreaker for sure dude <laughs> <laughs> cool man um so and i know some of uh some of the videos i watched were uh you painting lures as well um that looked really cool that's something um, I wanted to, you know, just kind of pick your brain a little bit about like how you got into that and then uh, kind of what it takes to get into that. You know, like say somebody's looking at that uh, and thinking, you know, hey, you know, that seems like something I might want to try. You know, I have a little artistic flair to me. Now, this is not me talking. I, I'm i not super artistic. But uh, for those folks out there that are, um, you know, 
I could, you know, mess around. I, I, I probably wouldn't make anything near as nice as what you did. But uh, oh, thank uh, you, man. Uh, it, some of the baits that you do are, you know, beautiful, and it's really neat. Like all the techniques that you use to, you know, do the different patterns and stuff. So, um, what, what got you into that? Well, like anything, I watch some YouTube videos. I'm like, I see that. I want to learn how to do that, and then I just try my best to get good at it. I've only been painting for probably four or five months. It's really wow. not as complicated as it seems, but you do have to experiment a little bit. Like there's uh, when you're using the airbrush, you have to adjust the uh, PSI for certain things. Like if you're doing stencil work with like scales or fins or any sort of bluegill pattern, you just have to bump it down to like 15 or 20. And then if you're doing like your base coat or spraying a lot of paint at once, you bump it up to 25, 30, something along those lines. But it takes, it doesn't take that much money to get into it, but there are so many small things you have to consider. I mean, Hobby Lobby is your best friend when uh, <laughs> if you're ever considering lure painting. You could probably get everything you need from Hobby Lobby. So, like, starting off, you need an airbrush kit. Like, I got the Iwata Eclipse. It's probably 150 bucks or something like that. I figured I'd buy nice or buy thrice like I did for my kayaks. <laughs> uh, you need a small air compressor. That's, like, 80 bucks. And where it starts to get... Um, overwhelming is the sheer amount of different colors you could choose man i mean there's color shifting things like moon dust and whatever else that has some color shifting elements in it <coughs> they sell a whole bunch of packs again at hobby lobby or you could buy them individually you got your opaque colors you got your transparent colors i mean it's just there's a lot that goes into it and trust me i probably painted for two or three months and ruined probably a hundred dollars <laughs> worth of just blank baits just to kind of figure it out as I go. But regarding like the small things you need, like lure holders, those little helping hands, uh, painters tape, clear coat, epoxy, like embroidery hoops, mesh nets. Like I've made things mesh nets out of mosquito, like a mosquito head net. I had an extra, it has a perfect, <laughs> It has a fantastic small scale pattern. I'm like, why not use it? Uh, it works, man. Then okay. you got tiny items like paper clips to hang your baits from, uh, card stock for cutting out your own stencils. Like they sell a lot of stencils. They even got cool things like 3D printed stencils that fit on top of your bait. So all you have to do is clip it on, spray it. That's it. Wow. Um, they sell a whole bunch of different stencil kits for bluegills, crappies. I mean, it's never ending, man. Interesting. You know, like, yeah, I never dude. even would have thought of that, that, that Hobby Lobby would have something like that. I mean, that's that's cool. Absolutely, man. It's fun, dude. It's something I could do in the wintertime after deer hunting season's over and right before spring fishing begins. It's just no. a way to pass the time. That's definitely something I, I'm going to look into because uh, I feel like that would be an excellent because I've find myself if if uh, i'm sitting at home and i'm thinking about fishing usually i'm shopping and that's probably not a, a great thing i've burned through so much freaking money in the off season just you know because all i can do is be like oh well look at that that looks cool i'm gonna go buy that so maybe if i could keep myself busy with something like that and you know have some time to invest and you know get pretty good at it i think that would be pretty cool uh where do you get your blanks from like your your lures I I like a lot of the stuff from Sugar Tit Customs. I've 
had probably a hundred baits from them and I tested them all because like one of the mistakes I made is I got cheap blanks from a different place. Um, I've heard plenty of horror stories about the, the awesome looking baits on Amazon. Just don't do yourself a favor and don't get them. Um, <laughs> but anyway, I got some cheap ones and you're supposed to dunk them in water before you paint them, see if they leak and half of them leak, man. So I'm oh, like, that sucks. started doing research and um, just found out that Sugar Tick Customs is an awesome bait company. They send you, like, if you buy a fair amount of baits, they'll even throw in a free one as a gift. Hey, man, that's pretty cool. Okay. Time, timely shipping. They've never messed up my order. All their baits are quality. I haven't put them quite to the test yet. I haven't used them to catch fish yet because I just started getting into the bait making thing over this uh, this winter. But I'm sure they're going to do fine, man. Cool. And plus, if I lose one or five of them, I got <laughs> 50 more. I could just right. paint up in an hour or two, you know? Well, and, and heck, I mean, if you find a color that works, I mean, it's so, so easy then for you to be like, Oh, you know, I'm just going to mass produce that for me myself or, you know, who mm -hmm. knows where it's going to grow from there. But, uh, um, do those, uh, blanks come with hooks or do you have to do that? Like the split rings and hooks and all that. You gotta buy your own hooks and split rings, man. And gotcha. that's one of the cool things. Cause like in the past, I've never changed them. Oh, and, same here. Uh, right. And also in the past I've lost fish. So I guess <laughs> I, I blame myself more so than the gear, but now I'm just getting into the point to where I want quality gear, you know? So I got owner hyperwire split rings. I got various different treble hooks. Like there's some ones that mega bass makes with the barb on the outside, which is okay. pretty sweet. So that I've been throwing those on my jerk baits. And then what's the other one I got? Gamakatsu EWG hooks, wide gap hooks. Mm -hmm. And, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping they produce. The only thing I guess I'm worried about with smally fishing is because sometimes they like to come up and just slam it, slam the bait. And with those EWGs, from what I heard, they don't always hook up. But we'll see, man. We'll see, man. <laughs> yeah. It's a, again, it's a learning process with everything. You know, you know, you've taken the time to learn how to paint. So I'm sure that's just going to be part of the process as well. Figuring out which hooks work best and stuff like that. Mm hmm. Yes, sir. And I know, like, I, I saw swim baits. Um, what other kind of baits have you been making, you know? So I got some some that are, like, DT10 knockoffs and some uh, 2.5 square bills that I got. I got a ton of 110 um, jerk baits as well. I've been painting up a lot of those. And recently I got a couple new baits that I'm super excited because I really don't see a lot of people throwing these baits, and I kind of like to do – the opposite of what everybody else does. Um, so there's these, uh, there's a speed wake bait that I bought and it looks just like the one from Sixth Sense. It's like, I think it's four inches, four or four and a half inches. And then I got those 4.5 glide baits, those angry glide baits. I tested those out. I didn't catch any on the first trip, but they work fantastic as far as the action. And I got some big, huge swim baits, not huge, I guess, compared to the ones they use, you know, in California or Texas and Florida. <laughs> but you, you got your uh, River to Sea S waivers, six-inch yeah. swim baits. Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to using those too, man. It's just zero or hero, all or nothing. You go out there, you throw that thing all day, you might get one, you might get a couple follows. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, 
advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Hopefully you get a PB out of it. That's that's my goal, man. I, I want to be keep consistently beating my PBs every year. That's just a side goal of mine. Right, right. So what are, what are your PBs right now? Uh, small mouth. Might laugh, but it's unofficial. But I'm pretty good at guesstimating. <laughs> Here's one of those fish stories where it's this big, right? Now, <laughs> I'm guessing it was at least 20 inches. You know, okay. that's, I'm going to measure them and record them more often, but fairly often I'll catch an 18 or, or a 19. I've the biggest I've ever measured is a 19 and a half. Okay. Um, small mouth, at least. Uh, my biggest large mouth. I don't consider it as really counting because one, I was in a guided trip down in Florida and two, I was using live baits, live shiners, but it was six and a half pounds. Oh my goodness. Still a big bass. Oh yeah. Uh, but I consider my real PB, my Ohio PB large mouth, a five pound, five pound, one ounce. Okay, cool. No, those are some uh, nice fish, but definitely something to chase after trying to beat. So yes, sir. Uh, cool, man. Um, I was trying to think, uh, so, um, I was going to ask you particularly about the, the glide baits. Cause I, I think that's what I saw, uh, the video that you sent me, the, yeah. the, the painting video. And I was curious, like I, um, I was actually just talking to a guy. We, we went fishing on a reservoir here by us that was still water temperatures are, you know, hovering right around 40 degrees. And, um, I, I threw a, uh, balsa crankbait most of the day, ended up getting one fish and the buddy I went with got blanked. When we got back to the ramp, there was some guys getting off the water. And they're like, oh, we caught four. And and I was like, oh, what were you using? And they said, you know, an S waiver. I was like, oh, I didn't even think about throwing that. But um, that got us talking, um, my, the, the buddy I went with and I. And, and um, he was like saying, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to I'm going to throw that the next time I go out there. And I was he, I was asking him how he throws it. And I thought I remembered from watching like uh, tactical bass and stuff that it's more of just like a you want it just to swim and then swim and then swim. Yeah. And he was saying, no, 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 I'm going to, you know, keep burning it, not burning it, but moving it fast enough. So it, um, what, what's your preferred way of throwing that? I guess it depends on the bait itself. Some of them have a really wide glide and you just keep your rod tip down and you crank it just enough to initiate that motion to where it starts to uh, curve outwards. And then right when it's at its peak, you hit the reel again just a little bit and it'll just glide the other way. So you just kind of let it cruise around. Um, that's one way. That's the way a lot of people use the big swim baits. But these little ones that I found is just a super slow retrieve. Uh, so you just use a lower gear ratio. Like I got a new uh, Shimano SLX DC and yep. it's a 631 gear ratio specifically for cranking. I got it on a new Dobbins crank. Uh, Dobbins Fury cranking rod 
just tested that out. It works great so far. Uh, but essentially, all you do is just reel it really slow, just really slow, and then it just kind of waves uh, side to side. This this one that I made isn't like a super wide glide, uh, but it's just more or less like a side to side motion. And it, it's, I wish they would make them suspend. This one in particular is a slow sink. It'll work really well in, a, I don't know, probably anywhere from a foot to five feet of water and just crank it really super slow and hope to God a big old small mouth smashes it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's something I didn't think about throwing in the rivers around here. Um, just cause I always thought of like a big bait like that. And especially one that uh, would, you know, be sinking somewhat fast, you know, and the, I live, uh, you know, right by the Susquehanna. And so it's, it's shallow more often than not. And I was like, well, that's going to get snagged up all the time, but I've, you're not the, definitely not the first person who's told me to, to try using them. So it's definitely something on my list that I'm going to try this year. Cause last year yeah. I kind of shied away from it just cause I was like, I don't think that's going to work in my environment, but I've ho heard that now more times than not. So I'm like, maybe I got to try that and just see what kind of big, uh, small I can get to crush that. So like two years ago, it was, a. uh, early April, I decided to throw a bigger six inch soft plastic swim bait, a little creeper. Yep. Uh, it's a, it's a, what is it called? A little all American trash fish. And I'm thinking because I know the forage in this specific small Creek that this will be dynamite, right? So they have a whole bunch of Creek chubs, six inches. And I know small mouth devour them. And I was fishing with a guy named Matt from Matt's fishing mission and I took him out for the first time to this really beautiful little creek. And within 10 minutes, I hooked into what, probably 17 or 18. And on the very second cast in this deep little pool, um, right outside of this riffle, boom, back to back. I got another 17 inch smallmouth. Wow. I'm hooked. But to counter that, <laughs> he caught way more fish and I only caught one other fish. So, okay but the quality was there and that's what I was looking for. Cause I fished that Creek forever and I've caught a handful of nice ones. And I just get tired of catching dinks, you know, throwing smaller baits. So I'm like, Hey, let's experiment. Let's see what they'll do with this, this uh, nice size swim bait. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense that, you know, when you throw those bigger ones, you're, you're are going to kind of probably limit the, the number of bites you get, but the, the bites you do get are probably going to be better quality fish. You yep. think. And even if you don't get a bite, if you get a follow, the fish at least show themselves to you. So you could go back to that spot. You could retie on another bait and flip it in there and just kind of put that in the back of your memory and know that big fish holding this specific type of area too. Right. Or follow up with another bait if you have another yep. rod with you. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. All right. Um, so I know uh, watching your videos too, uh, I... Uh, it looked like the kind of the water that you uh, were fishing in that one seemed to be like more of a lake kind of thing. So when you lake fish, um, are you targeting more uh, large mouth at that point or do your lakes have small mouth too? Uh, our lakes have some small mouth. I haven't found them quite yet. <laughs> so when I do go to lakes, I'm primarily bass fishing or I'll, I'll target other species like white bass, occasionally okay. do some crappie fishing. Uh, saw guy walleye that kind of stuff okay interesting yeah uh, like when i think of like the the lakes near me they obviously have the crappie and white bass 
Um, but when I think of walleye fishing, I think of river fishing. Um, but uh, that's, I've never caught a walleye on the lakes. Um, I've caught all the walleye that I've ever caught have come from the river, but um, maybe I'm just not using the right baits on the lakes because. <laughs> the lakes are so hard to dissect, man. It's crazy, man. You got to go out there and compete with other, other big boaters, you know, be conscientious of your surroundings at all times. And just, you just have so much water to dissect. And hopefully I could do a lot better with that trolling motor now, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You could definitely get to the place or cover at least more water anyway. So yep. that was a game changer for me when I got pedals. Cause I felt like I could cover so much water. I wasn't, I could pedal to the other side of the lake and I wasn't exhausted when I got there, you know? I've been dying to try those new pedal kayaks, man, because my Seagos, I love it. It's great, but it definitely has its flaws. <laughs> it's I not super stable, and it's kind of hard to stand up with. That might be because I have a bit of a beer belly, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, that makes it tough, uh, yeah. depending on the kayak, obviously. So I think um, Ryan, my old co-host, I think that's what he uh, started out with as well. Um, and he recently, uh, he, well, he bumped up to the Jackson Bite. But uh, for the longest time, he had a Seaghost as well. I'm pretty sure that's, if I remember correctly, that's what he had starting out. And he he taught, he he liked it. I mean, it got him out. Whatever gets you on the water, first of all. But uh, but yeah, he lived in that kayak for a while before he upgraded. So yeah, the seat's pretty good too. It handles excellent and rapids. Like I've taken it down some sketchy stuff for sure, uh, but it, it does good. It's treated me well over the years for sure. Cool. And um, I know, uh, so when you're river fishing, what other uh, techniques do you like to throw? Or, uh, you know, do, are you um, more comfortable shallow or deep water? Or I know at least our rivers around here, there's not much deep water, but. I like it all, man. Just anything that's different. Because a lot of times I, I struggle to find them shallow, but between a put in and a takeout, you're going to have some variables in there. So like I personally, I like rocks, you know, like. Our rivers around here have a whole bunch of man-made concrete boulders that hold a lot of fish. Uh, so I love to throw like a black bit bitsy bug micro jig, one quarter ounce. I've been using that thing for years and it's just like, it's just a killer of fish, man. Like I could go out there. I don't have to worry about ever getting it snagged. And if I do get it snagged, I could just break it off. It's like a $3 bait or whatever. Um, which is another reason why I got into making my own. So I started making my own jigs and stuff like that, just kind of okay. save some costs and, and all that stuff. But yeah, the, the black Bitsy Bug jig uh, with a TRD Bugs trailer or a TRD Crawls. Um, but again, I, I stopped using some of those baits because I started making my own crawl dads and stuff, and they're just producing just as well, if not better. Um that jig is just always going to be in my tackle box. Aside from that, you can't go wrong with a whopper plopper. <laughs> I mean, there's probably going to be a point in time where fish are hip to our tricks. You know what I mean? Uh, but until then, I'm going to keep throwing it. Personally, I like the size 90 whopper okay. plopper. A lot yep. of people throw the natural ones or the bone ones. I don't use those at all, really. I just stick with my loon, the black colored one. I've caught a lot of big small mouth on that for sure. That has actually my been my, my best color on the river too. Uh, hands down. I, I've thrown the monkey butt. I threw that a while, a lot. Um, but as soon as I switched to the loon, I started, you know, catching fish much more regularly. And, uh, I think there's definitely something to that color for sure. 
it's, it, for me, it seems like anything black for jigs or crank or top waters, it just works. They see that contrast. They can pick it out, whether it be muddy water or clear water. I mean, it just flat out works. Now, that, and that's interesting because um, last year I, I fell in love with the Rico Popper. And um, uh, the color that I used most was, I think it's called Risque. It's like silver with a little uh, chartreuse on the front and green on the top. Uh, and then, but I also, at the same time I bought that one, I bought a black one, a black Rico as well, thinking, oh, it's, if the loon works, this is going to work great. I never, I didn't catch fish on it for some reason. I'm like, so weird. I don't know why this doesn't work. It should work, you know, but I was happy because the other one crushed it. So I never really worried about it. I don't know why it didn't work for me, but, um, but yeah, for some reason, the Whopper Plopper, the loon worked great, but for uh, the black Rico Popper didn't work for me. Um, it's just weird how that, you know. <laughs> it I've doesn't been, make sense. I probably my next purchase will be that bait, that that uh, that popper, man, that uh, Rico popper. All these fish picks on social media I see with that little bait hanging out. I'm like, that just makes me want to buy it even more. <laughs> and I, and I threw a ton of po different poppers um, and never really had a ton of success. As soon as I tied that one on, I don't know what it, what's different about it or what makes it. Uh, if it's just confidence thing, but holy cow, it, it just, I just crushed it on that. And then, you know, then I didn't want to take it off. I, I still have the first, my first one that I got, I kind of retired it towards the end of the season. Cause it was beat to heck. Like, uh, the, like it's not even painted anymore. It's missing an eye and, you know, two of their, uh, both of the trebles have missing hooks on them. I didn't swap those out, but I was like, yeah, this, this one served me well. So. Do you just chug it along real slow or do you burn it a little bit or how do you work I, that? Thing? I do both. I, um, for the most part, I, I was doing it slow. I was just, uh, throwing it out there and just pop, 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 pop. But then, um, I was listening to, uh, um, the tackle talk podcast and they actually had Rick Clun on the guy who invented that. Yeah. And he was saying that he throws it on a bait caster. First of all, which I don't, I throw it on a, uh, a spinning rod. And he said, I, chug the heck out of that thing i just i'm constantly walking the dog pop 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 as, as quick as okay. i can get it so that's interesting draw yeah. those really aggressive fish out real fast yeah yeah so i'm like well i'm gonna try that now um it hasn't really been warm enough for me to or top water anyway yeah. around here so i'm anxious to try that i don't know that i'll throw it on a bait caster though uh I, it seems a little light for me to be thrown on a bait caster, but I'll, uh, I'll see what, how it goes on a spinning rod. Maybe if I have luck there, I'll try it on a bait caster, but yeah, man, the other bait that man, that uh, is probably my favorite bait ever. It's some sort of chatter bait. I started out initially with, you know, the, the standard set $6 one. Uh, that thing just doesn't chatter right off the gate and that kind of frustrated me and plus um, the bait keeper on there is is garbage so then i bumped it up to the project z uh but i was having some troubles with that because I'll, I'll throw a half ounce chatterbait i don't care how deep it is or how shallow it is a half ounce or a three eighths ounce is what i usually use but i've definitely caught way more fish on the half ounce version but i throw it in the junk man because when you're in a kayak you don't really care about getting snagged because you could just paddle right over there and get it out of there. But the issue I ran into, I was throwing it in some uh, a small pond that had a whole bunch of timber and I would just get snagged and just using 20 pound braid. I would just <laughs> pop, pop it off 
it didn't bend the hook, which was good, but I came back and I was reeling it in and the blade fell off. Oh. Like it literally broke the blade. I broke wow. th three of them in a matter of two weeks. So I'm like, well, this sucks. There's got to be a better one out there. And then I started doing some research and I found out that a brand called Picasso makes a, a bladed jig called the shock blade, I believe. Yep. That thing looks mean, dude. And it, it thumps. It thumps way harder than the chatterbait. The chatterbait has like a really tight wobble, but this one is just like you could feel it on your rod. And then immediately, if you feel it stop chattering, the majority of the time a fish hits it and is running right at you. So I like to use like a higher gear ratio uh, reel so I could burn it in real quick, catch up with the fish and set the hook. Thankfully, I've got a lot of a lot of big fish on that. Definitely. And uh, do you do a half ounce with that as well? Yep. With the uh, Picasso lure? Okay. Yep. I tried the three eighths ounce. It just doesn't work for me that well. I don't really throw the chatter in shallow areas. Usually I'm like trying to target anything from three to six feet or a little bit deeper. Just because you'll just bump into rocks, rock after rock and the fish, I, I haven't had any good luck on it in shallow, but hey, never know. Maybe if I switched up to like a quarter ounce, I could do better, but half ounce works really good for me. I don't ever have to tie, untie it to try on another one. Just stick with that. I can throw that thing from the start of the trip to the beginning or from the beginning to the end. I might catch three or four fish, but they're usually pretty, pretty good quality. And uh, what kind of trailer do you generally like to use or do you not use a trailer? What's your preference? So I started off with the Zayco. That's what I started off with. Yeah. Well, I actually, I lie. I, I used uh Kytex at first cause I didn't have any, but then yeah. everybody kept saying, yo, you got to try the Zacco. And I was like, okay. And that worked well enough. So that's kind of what I've stuck with, but have you found anything that you like work better? Well, the problem with the Zayco <clears throat> is the plastic it's made out of just like, you catch a fish or two on it and then one fish, one big fish jumps up, your lure is shredded and those baits aren't exactly cheap. No. <laughs> so I, I went to the uh, razor sheds and I was using that for a couple of years and it did really, really well on, on that. And that's usually what I use the most is, is that razor shed, but I've been doing a little bit more. I've been using that. What is it? 10,000 fish, uh, what is it called? Yodo bug or something like that. The Yodo okay. worm. I think that's what it's called. Um, I haven't caught any fish on it, but <laughs> it, it looks pretty in the water, you know? And then uh, I started using the flukes that I started making. And I was catching fish on that too. Granted, okay. they don't last that long, but I make them. So I have an <laughs> infinite supply. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> so really you make all sorts of uh, you, uh, soft plastic, you, you know, jigs and, uh, hard baits too that's kind of cool just trying to learn everything man eventually i want to start like making hair jigs and stuff because that's a bait on my bucket list to use i got some uh doe tails from some of the does i took uh, over the last couple of years it's just to me it's really cool to make a bait from scratch right you oh absolutely you, you sourced yourself you didn't have to go on amazon necessarily to get it except for maybe the hooks in the jig mold itself. But other than that, you just do everything yourself. And 
I don't know. It's it's pretty rewarding to catch a, a fish on a bait you made. You know, it just makes that catch even sweeter. I was just gonna say that's probably the icing on the cake right there is catching catching a fish on something that you made from scratch. That that's got to be pretty cool. Eventually, hopefully, I want to build my own lures. You know, carve my own master and make a, a silicone mold to where I could pour my plastic in or pour some sort of other resin in and make some hard baits. What I really, really, really want to get into is uh it's like a crankbait but bigger and they're jointed so i i believe the big swim bait all the big swim bait guys call them a crank down those okay. things just look beautiful man it's just something tantalizing about seeing a fish look actually look like a fish when it's swimming but that's going to be a, a a process of a whole bunch of trial and error <laughs> oh yeah no i've i've read a lot about or that those are really hard to tune you know to mm-hmm. get to get that swim that natural swimming motion down so yep. but when they yeah they are beautiful when they work though that's it's some of the most realistic looking lures i've seen one day eventually maybe if i could build a bait that's good and it works and i have footage of it i might be able to make them and sell them I don't like plan on making it a full-time gig. It's just something that I enjoy doing. So might as well try to maybe possibly make some money out of it. But I guess my fear with that is I spend too much time making baits and selling baits and shipping baits that I don't have enough time to enjoy them and actually go fishing. So maybe in the future, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> that can take off quick too, man, though. I've, I've heard plenty of people on, you know, listening to different podcasts and hearing, different lore makers and that's exactly how they got started just like you. And then, you know, they find, you know, a following and bam, they're, you know, having trouble keeping up with the demand. So I could, I could see how it would get out of control fast, but. Those things, they, they aren't cheap either, man. You know, your average run of the mill, (laughs) uh, bigger swim bait, that's like 60 bucks, hundred bucks. Right. (laughs) <laughs> well, even some of the, you know, hand painted, uh, crankbaits that I've seen there, they go 20, 30 bucks easy. So, oh, yeah. so, you know, if you start cranking those out, you know, with any kind of speed or, you know, quantity, you're going to be raking it in, I would think. So I have to hire a whole team to do all the stuff <laughs> so I can go out there and go fishing. Sounds that's like right. That's fun. right. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, you know, take care of that. I'll be out testing the product, you know, perfecting yep. it. Cool though, man. That definitely sounds, I mean, sounds like you're kind of a one-stop shop. That's kind of cool. I, I, I'm kind of jealous. I, you know, I definitely would be uh, a bit less cautious if I knew I could replace anything I lost. And it sounds like you're getting close to being there, you know, so. Trying, man. One of the things that I learned probably just a few years ago is just throw that bait like you don't give a dang about it, man because I used to be so scared. That's one of the main reasons I, I didn't really throw crankbaits because, you know, when you're younger, a $7 crankbait is a lot of money, you know? Um, but like, you just got to throw it and not give a dang. <laughs> yep. No. And, and that, that really, uh, that was a hard lesson for me to learn as well. Um, but the, when you start, you know, hitting those spots that most people will avoid and, and that kind of thing, you're your catches are going to go up that much more and like you said you you kind of got to just forget about you know uh you know losing lures are you going to lose lures occasionally yeah it's going to happen but your fish catches are going to go way way up and like you said in a kayak a lot of times you can get those back now if you 
hang it in a tree, you know, yeah. far enough away, then that can be tough. But uh, I've gotten pretty good at getting them out of trees too. <laughs> I shouldn't admit that, but. Uh... <laughs> or you could be friends with some really uh, crazy people that are willing to climb that tree for you. You're like, <laughs> I'll break it off. I, I know it's a whopper plopper, but I'll break it off. No, man, we got to get it. We got to get it. I'm like, All right, have at it. I got your back if you fall, bro. <laughs> hey, I'm going to videotape this while you're up there just to for posterity of anything. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well. I mean, it would make for a really good clickbait, right? <laughs> I was going to say, and hilarity ensued, you know, exactly. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, uh, anything else you wanted to cover? I was, I, I mean, you, uh, on, on, on lakes, uh, what's your go-to, um, you know, like if you're fishing deep water, uh, do you drop shot or anything like that? Or honestly, I'm not really into finesse fishing. I'm not, okay. I'm more of a, a power fisher for sure, man. I like casting a whole bunch of times working that bait, covering as much water as possible. Uh, but I do want to get into finesse fishing for sure this year, especially since I'm starting to make my own um, weedless net, net heads and stuff like that. Um, but deeper water, I usually throw a jig or a deep diving crankbait, like deeper water around rock, rocky points and things like that. Um, secondary points is always a good go-to spot as well. But yeah, I've just caught so many fish on jigs. It's just like one of those things. If I'm not catching anything, I'll throw a jig. And if I throw a jig out deep, especially on places like Dale Hollow, which I'm going to um, at the end of this month, which should be pretty awesome. Are you coming the, to the Paddle and Finn uh, tournament? Not doing the tournament, though. Okay. No, tournaments aren't really my style because, like, I go fishing to relax. You know what I mean? I hear you, man. I've had so many fish flop off on the board. I just would <laughs> get frustrated. Just throw the board in the water like, ah. What no, time? But, so when, when are you coming to Dale Hollow? Because I will actually the paddle and fin crew, and we're having our first tournament of the year down there, April second and third. And so the paddle and fin crew will be there probably earlier that week into that weekend. So I'm going down there March thirty first through April fifth. Okay, yeah. So you, uh, depending where you are, we'll be uh, at Eastport Marina. But uh, yeah, you know. That's cool. So that's one of the areas I haven't got into. Like the last three years that I've been there, we've been focusing on the lower, the west side. Um, caught some decent fish out there. So I'm like, hey, I'm just learning one little section at a time. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of different types of water there. Uh, just you know, in the little bit that I've actually seen, you know, I we kind of fished kind of the river side of it, and uh, you know, but I know there's you know the big lake feel there as well. You know, there's lots of different places you can go and that's kind of cool that you can get all that in one spot. Yep. Last time I was there, we didn't really get on the smallmouth like we wanted because that place is really tough to fish. I've talked to a lot of locals around there and they say every third day will be a good day. Okay. And every time I've been down there, it's been exactly that. Like you might catch one or, or three in a day. You'll be fishing the, the, the morning for six hours and then the evening for another four or five hours. And it's, it's just really tough to break down, but we're finally starting to figure them out. What I found out last time I was there and hopefully this information will help the tournament anglers down there. <laughs> you know, all, all I did, I initially started off in the coves and stuff like that. It wasn't doing very well. And then I went to point hopping essentially just hopping from point to point. Cause there's so many points on that lake. 
And as soon as I saw this, this big fallen tree on this point that was right next to main lake access, I threw my chatterbait in there two or three times. I didn't get anything. My buddy comes in right behind me, throws a spinnerbait, catches a five pound large mouth. I'm like, what? That was his PB. So I was just really happy that he got That's on that. That's awesome. Yeah. A quality fish of that size. I want a five pound smallie though, man. That's that's the goal. Hopefully, we'll see though. <laughs> no, I'm I'm right there with you. I I got my uh, uh, 20.5 inches, my big smallie from last year. Uh, didn't awesome. have a scale. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Um, but, uh, yeah, now I'm looking for, uh, to break 21 if I can. So we'll see. Uh, I know the, the, uh, Smalley talk guys are running their, uh, their Smalley games thing. So I joined in with that and, uh, they always talk about 23 inches. So, um, that's my ultimate goal to get into the 23 inch club, but, uh, I might have to go to Lake Erie for that or something crazy. So. <laughs> exactly, man. I'm just trying to get into the 20 inch club at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just. It took me two years to find a 20 inch smallie on, you know, but finally broke that last year. And I Congrats, just, man. my second fish this year was a 19 and a half. So I was happy. Um, so I only caught two fish so far this year, but that was the, I just caught that last weekend. So I was like, heck yeah, that's all. I'll start there. Was that the one on that custom crankbait? Yep. Yep. That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it, dude. So I'm like, well, maybe, uh, maybe I'll have a, you know, a little bit easier time finding the twenties this year. If I, I know a little bit better, I feel like every year I go out there, I know a little bit more and, uh, yeah. you know, my confidence is definitely, you know, at a good place right now. So, well, I should, I shouldn't say that because I just fished January and February with no fish, but, uh, um, the water was, uh, pretty much half frozen and, you know, it was definitely a challenge, but I think now that things are finally starting to warm up, uh, we have, of course, snow coming tomorrow. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I think uh, after we get through this this week, uh, we should be done with the snow and the coldness, and you know, things should really start lighting up. So I can't wait. Have you ever thrown an A rig down there at Dale Hollow? Uh, I've only been there that one time, and um, uh, I did not. Um, that's something I'll, I, I'll have to bring with me, though. Um, I'm flying down this year, though, so um, I, it's whatever tackle I can carry in my bag. So I'm, I'm going to be a little bit limited, but. Yeah. Uh, that's um, all good, man. I've, I've never personally shipped fishing, <clears throat> excuse me, fishing gear. Like I'm going to Florida to do some pond hopping because my family wants to do a vacation down in St. Augustine. I'm like, I've already done that. Can I just rent a car <laughs> and go pond hopping, hopefully throw some big swim baits and stuff like that. But my concern is I'd have to ship my rods. 
Yeah. I'm really worried about that, but thankfully tackle warehouse ships really good rod tubes. <laughs> <laughs> and I got one from the, the last Dobbins fury rod that I got. So just curious how, how expensive is it going to be? Right. Right. Oh, right. I've got got to risk it for the biscuit, man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No, I, I, I have quite a few rod tubes in my garage as well. My wife's like, why do you keep those? I'm like, Hey, you never know. You never know, man. But uh, that no, the air rig is definitely a good idea. I don't have a ton of uh, luck, or but I've only, uh, you know, I haven't uh, experimented with it too much, um, just because I didn't have a rod really that was good enough. Now I just got my first Douglas rod, and it's a heavy, so I'm, I'm thinking that's going to be better uh, for that uh, for that technique, because um, you know the. I, and I need to, I, I did an episode, I've been trying to remember which uh, angler I had on that um, talked about the A-Rig and um, he gave me a lot of tips and made me realize that a lot of stuff I was doing was wrong. Uh, so I'm anxious to get back out and try that. And I should be trying it right now because I think around here as the water's, you know, that 40 degree range is good A-Rig time as from what I've heard, but I just haven't thrown it yet this year, so... Hopefully you get one, man. Hopefully if you if you get an A rig, dude, you catch a big old PB. I I, I want a double hookup, man. For some yeah. reason, that's another bucket list thing in mind. Just like catch two fish on one lure, that'd be insane. I was just listening to someone talking about throwing the donkey rig. Do you know? Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. What's that? It's like a double fluke rig. Um, so you take uh, a uh, you tie your line to a swivel, but you run another swivel through it. So the one swivel will slide down to the other swivel okay. and then you tie a fluke rig on each. Now that it, this, the, the guy I talked to or was listening to about was talking about throwing a Ned rig on that actually, but it was, it was the first time I saw it. Um, and I think traditionally it's more of a fluke rig, like a double fluke rig. Yeah. And, um, but he was throwing double Ned rigs on it and he's, huh. it was working for him. And he was saying he got a lot of doubles and I'm like, that's interesting. I might have to try yeah. that. So I, I never even thought about that, man. I've had some crazy ideas, man. Like I love the fact that a rigs catch fish. I wonder if it's possible to put a couple, like a three separate swim baits on the back of a buzz bait. You know what I mean? I, it'd be interesting. I don't know if it would work well because all the weight of the other swim baits, but I've heard good stuff about people taking the skirts off the bus bait and just putting a, a, a bigger swim bait or like a four inch Kitek or something like that. Like, yeah. I've even heard of frogs on buzz baits too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Weird stuff like that. And I know uh, like Whopper Plopper, they uh, river to sea made like a, like almost like a buzz bait plopper. Did you ever see that? It, it had like two. Yeah. Like, two on one. It's like one in front of the other. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Could you imagine catching a fish and it's shaking and then you get two whopper ploppers stuck in you? Because those hooks <laughs> are freaking vicious, man. Oh, yeah. I've heard, I've nightmares. seen some vicious whopper plopper injuries online, man. That And I know it's only a matter of time of not yep. if or when. It's more when because it's going to happen. You know, I've had a couple of close calls, but um, I keep a pair of uh, diagonal cutters in my kayak just for when that does happen. I want to be ready. But, uh Yeah craziness um cool man uh i'm trying to think um i, I know i want to give you a chance to shout out where uh the folks can find you because for sure you got a lot of good content out there um so um i guess we can jump into that so your social media and your youtube um what's the best place for people to look you up 
Um, I'd say YouTube or Instagram. I don't really post a whole bunch of stuff on Instagram, but I'm looking forward to doing that more so this year because like when you're doing the whole social media thing and the YouTube thing, it's important to do all aspects of social media, you know, um, but G2G fishing on YouTube, or if you search G2 fishing on Instagram, you should be able to find me. Cool. And um, any, any other plans for the channel, like any other different kind of videos you're going to be doing? I mean, I, I love all the stuff that I've seen so far, the, the it's in, informational, like the videos you do where you, you, you break down kind of how you're throwing uh, the different things. And that's exactly the content that I like watching, you know, not that I don't enjoy watching people catch fish and stuff like that, but I love learning how other people work lures. Cause it, that to me is, um, you know, and firsthand seeing it and have someone break it down. That's really how I learn best, you know, yeah. short of having someone right next to me on the water saying, Hey, do this, don't do that. You know, um, what I'd like to do with the, the videos is break it down even more. Cause like not everybody that is watching it knows as much as I do. A lot of them obviously know a lot more, but I think the target audience would be people that hardly know that much about it. You know what I mean? So I think if I break down each catch after the catch, exactly what i'm doing why i was doing i think that would be really extremely helpful for the people that are watching it for sure no and that's kind of the whole point of my show on this on on paddle and fin is to target those kind of things and to ask those questions that people kind of gloss over like you know when you hear someone say oh i was ledge fishing and you know they'll be like oh yeah I, you know ledge fishing and but then i'm sure there's people in the audience or out there who are like I don't know what ledge fishing is. What, what do you mean when yeah. you say ledge fishing? And that's exactly, you know, if you can break down those terms and, you know, the, the techniques down to those basic levels where if you have never seen it before, you might not know those things. And, you know, exactly. a lot of, a lot of content creators, I think, take that for granted. So I think there's exactly. definitely a place for those kind of videos out there. And some of the stuff I'll learn it on the fly. Like I like trying new things. So I might not sound necessarily sound exactly what I like. I know what I'm talking about, but I'm figuring it out. You know what I mean? Like fishing. The one thing I like about it is you're constantly evolving and learning plenty of new stuff and just keeping it in the back of uh, keeping it as a bag of tricks, you know, just to try other stuff later, you know, ledge fishing, like you mentioned, I've never fished ledges. Cause I've never really been out on boats, bass fishing on big bodies of waters that actually had ledges, but Dale hollow has ledges. <laughs> so I might be targeting that a little bit too. No, no, that's cool. And then I, like you said, I think, you know, that as you, especially if you learn yourself, you're going to gain so much more confidence knowing that you, you, you know, you started with a technique that you maybe didn't know and you learned the ins and outs of it to the point where you got proficient with it. And, you know, that's just going to be a building block for, you know, oh, okay, well now, now I'm not afraid to pick up this other new lore that I just heard about and, or technique and, and try it and, and, you know, take the time to get good with it. And then you're just going to build your arsenal of different tools that you can use and, and the on the water experience that when you go to a new place, so you can apply the lessons that you learned from other similar places, you know, okay, well, you know, I caught these on wood cover here and, you know, this lake has a lot of wood cover or, you know, there's a lot of this structure that I'm used to. Um, so, you know, that's definitely how you, you know, become a well-rounded angler, I think. Exactly. I'm also <laughs> going to look to target some different species 
because I hooked into um, some hybrid stripers over the last year, and man, do those things fight. They're few and far between up here, so I might have to travel down south of where I'm at a little bit to target those things, but I'm just trying to go out there and have fun and hopefully teach people some stuff. That sounds like a plan, man. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about, you know, having fun and uh, helping other people get into this, you know, great uh, uh, pastime that we, we both love, obviously. So, Absolutely. Cool, man. Um, any other uh, closing words, any sponsors or anything that you want to shout out? Uh, no sponsors, really. Um, I got like a partnership deal with Bioino Power. They have, um, I'm, I'm not going to say their their batteries are the greatest because I've only used the one battery, but so far that thing works like a charm. It's not died on me yet, knock on wood. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we definitely have uh, some folks on the podcast that uh, that are big BioEnterPower fans. And, uh, you know, I, I think they make a great product. So for sure, they're definitely, guys, uh, check, those, uh, check out BioEnterPower. If you can spell it, <laughs> but I will include, uh, include that in the show notes. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, uh, great talking to you. I think, uh, you know, I definitely have to come, have you come back on and pick your brain about some of these other topics as I, you know, watch your videos more and more. And, um, you know, if you get into, you know, the actually get to a point where you, you want to, you know, kind of start, uh, endorsing your, your, homemade products you know let me know and we can you know have you back on and talk about that a little bit more absolutely man and if you ever need a fishing friend you need me to come up and visit and hang out i'm down because like i want to do a lot of more a lot more out of state trips just to kind of spice things up you know what i mean well if you ever want to come to the susquehanna i got a spare bedroom and it's 15 minutes away so awesome i've been dying to fish that man it's 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 a beautiful place. It's it's overwhelming when you first look at it, but uh, it's it's uh, an amazing place. I'm super blessed to live as close as I do because uh, I'm pretty spoiled. But <laughs> all right, Matt. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, uh, just a couple of things, guys. Um, remember the the paddle and fin meetup uh, April second and third. It's on um, Tourney X. If you want to check that out, uh, most of the paddle and fin hosts will be down there at Dale Hollow. And also, um, if you're interested in checking out the kayak fantasy fishing game, go to paddleandfin.com slash fantasy and check that out. Build your own team, compete against uh, a bunch of the other uh, paddle and fin hosts and a bunch of people around the country. Um, my team is sucking really bad, but uh, um, there's definitely people who are doing really good. And uh, uh, so if you want to try that out, it's free and we have lots of good prizes. So check that out. Um, uh, anything else you wanted to highlight, Matt, before uh, we hop off? Nope, I'm good to go, buddy. Thank you very much. Awesome, man. Well, I hope to someday, you know, uh, join you on the water. But until then, I'm going to be checking out all your content. Uh, keep up the great work. And um, guys, this has been Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Pal and Finn podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the trip, trick. Uh, I messed it up. The tricks and the tips to help you rip more lips. So have a good night, guys. Thanks, Matt. See you, buddy. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. 
Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.